Thank you for listening to this sermon from Renaissance Church located in Montreal, Quebec. For more information about Renaissance Church, please visit our website, renaissancemtl.com. If you would like to know more about how you can partner up to see the gospel advance in Montreal, please send us an email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com. My name is Dylan. If I haven't got to know you, um, I'd like to get to know you. So now you know my name. Um, come up, after, come to me after the service and tell me your name. Um, welcome back to everyone in the room who is traveling for holidays. Um, where it seems like almost everyone is back now from all parts of the world and from the country. Um, we're glad to be together in worship this morning. Um, I hope, for those of you in the room who have resolutions, I hope you haven't failed your resolutions yet. Um, and if so, this morning is a reminder, hey, get back into it. Pick yourself back up. Um, for me, I start badly. I start the year really poorly, you know, just eating garbage and junk food. Um, that way there's nowhere to go but up. Um, that way, you know, instead of saying, oh, I've got to keep doing better, it's like, hey, I've been doing terrible, so if I eat a salad tomorrow, that's already better than where I started. Um, so, you know, keep it up. Let's, let's uh, continue in the year strong. Um, and if you joined us last week, you know we started a new series in the book of James titled Faith in a Broken World. And conveniently, you'll have this nice graphic up here. Um, and with the idea that James, the book of James, gives us practical ways to live out our faith in, you guessed it, a broken world. Um, and side note, if you didn't know it, our world is broken. It's not perfect. I'm sure you know that. Um, today we're going to focus on James chapter 1, specifically verses 19 through 27. So if you have um, a Bible, you can turn there now. You can turn there on your phone. I will be reading out of the NIV if you want to have the exact match. Um, and then there's some on the table in the back. They're new. You, you can take one. They're for you. Um, today we're focusing on two words, and you're going to see them. Um, it's listen and do. Very simple this morning. Uh, not long ago, we walked through the book of Galatians. Does anyone remember that book? Oh, thank you, right here. Does anyone remember what the series was titled? I'm glad because we put a thank you. We put a lot of thought in that, okay? So <laughs> if you guys don't remember it, it makes me feel like it's useless, all the, all the thought we do in it. Uh, maybe we'll just call it Galatians next time. No subtitle. Um, so yeah, I was called to freedom um, with a continual theme of being made right by faith and faith alone. Um, we are free from a works-based religion. And so from that series, we want to go through the book of James and unpack the truth that faith must have action. Um, we are not justified or made right by our works but we must not only be hearers of the word, but like we'll read today, we must be doers of the word. And that our faith alone is our salvation through Christ. And through our faith must flow out works, the doing of God's word. So there's a reason we're going through James and why we paired it after Galatians. It's very important for us to know the freedom that he has purchased for us. And then out of that freedom and faith flow works. So today, our main point is listen and do. So with that in mind, let's listen to some scripture. You guys like that one? <laughs> um, we'll listen to the reading of God's word. So James 1, 19 through 27, we'll read. James writes, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself intently, or wait, after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Verse 25 continues, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. That's my son just saying amen, by the way. If you hear a baby, that's my, he loves the reading of God's word. Um, you know, his name's Judah. Um, praise. It means praise. Come on, Dami, you know it. Uh, we'll pick up in verse 26. Um, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let's pray really quick over that. God, we pray over this morning, we pray over the reading of your word, that you would bless it, that you would teach it and apply it to us, that your spirit would speak it and it would pierce our hearts and we would receive it humbly this morning. God, humble us this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Be warned, if you pray that, if you pray, God, humble me, watch out, um, because he will do it and you're, you're, you'll see, you'll see. Watch this week, watch this week if you pray that. Um, but I want us to unpack two steps throughout this scripture. We'll see two steps, two actions for us this morning. Um, step one is listen and receive his word. So that goes along with the listen part. Listen and receive his word. And then step two after that is do what his word says. So those are our two steps. We're going to break down each one. So starting with step one, we're going to look at it through verses 19 through 21 specifically. But... To get a little bonus, we have to start at verse 18, which Graham read for us last week. I'll read it quickly. Um, James writes, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. So basically, James is saying, He has given us new life. Those who have put their faith in Jesus, He has given new life. Which, Juan, do you know Galatians 2.20? What is it? Do you know it? What is it? All right, all right, he knew it. I just wanted to put him on the spot. I just wanted to put him on the spot. He knew it. Most of you may know it, but it's along the lines of I've been crucified with Christ. Like Juan said, my old self has passed away. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So basically, James is saying, through that, I'm a new creation That's what he says in verse 18, through the word, which we can understand is the good news, the gospel through Jesus, his salvation, we are now his, a new creation, which you can read that time and time again through the New Testament, the term being made a new creation. So by faith, and I want that to be clear to everyone in this room this morning, that our salvation is through Jesus Christ only. And I'll say it again, our salvation is through Jesus Christ only. What he has done, that no amount of works can save you, no amount of doing good can make you 
good enough or earn any form of salvation. It's all based on what Christ has already done. And today's message in truth must flow out of receiving his free gift of salvation. And that's why James wrote it in verse 18 before he then gives us this. So understand that it must flow out of salvation and faith from Jesus Christ. And because Jesus has done this, we find our verse step 19 through 21. James writes, first he says, take note. He said, pay attention. Hey, listen up. If you kind of zoned out from the first 18 verses, pay, pay back attention. Write this down. It's important. He said, first step, you need to listen and receive his word, God's word. So what must we do to prepare ourselves to listen? Like, you know, it's easy to say, oh, i got to listen. But what are some practical steps for you and me to prepare to listen? Um, so the first one James gives us, gives us is quick to listen um, and not quick to speak. So he gives the contrary. Be slow to speak and slow to anger. Uh, why would he say this? Um, because a continual talker, um, which is like me, cannot hear what anyone else says. And likely they will not hear when God speaks to them. Why are we to be slow to anger? Because God calls us to be righteous. That's what it says in the rest of the verse. Um, and anger does not produce righteousness. An angry attitude is not the atmosphere in which righteousness flourishes. Our anger almost always simply defends or promotes our own agenda. And not listen, so we're to, we're, these traits, not listening, quick to speak and quick to anger, do not produce righteousness. They do not create a heart ready to receive God's word. So James starts, he says, so to prepare, prepare yourself for this, to prepare to listen and receive his word, you have to be quick to listen. You have to be slow to speak. You have to be slow to anger. And Stephen and I were talking about that this week, that we want to be better listeners, and so um, I was reading this article about what makes a good listener. Um, and like, you know them, you know, it's not thinking of your next point. So I think a lot of times when I'm kind of in this part of where I'm trying to listen to God and read his word and just listen to it, I often am already thinking about maybe how I'm already doing that scripture or how I'm like, but you know, I don't do it perfectly and I'm already making a defense for myself and I'm already promoting my own ways and I'm not truly listening because I'm thinking of the next step or I'm thinking about what I'm going to do the rest of the day or who I need to text because I thought of them right now. And so James is saying, be a good listener, slow to speak, slow to speak in your mind. Cause that's what we do when we listen. Sometimes as we start speaking in our mind of, Oh, I want to say this when they're done or, Oh, I'm thinking about this. I'll write this down later. So be slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to anger. Do not promote your own way. And James continues to says, also, this is a big one, get rid of all filth and evil in our lives. Listening and receiving his word must produce a change. We must rid of our, ourselves of filth and evil, and we cannot be the same. The Greek word it's using here when it says getting rid of is used often when taking off clothes. Um, so, we can understand that the moral and filth um, is so abundant and everywhere that it is to be stripped off like dirty clothes in preparation for receiving and accepting God's word. 
So it's like when you go outside and it's nasty and snowy and there's salt everywhere and it's like three days after it snowed. So you're covered in like the weird salt and rocks that they throw out and you come in, you take your boots off, you shake them off, you take the snow pants off, one of your five layers, and you're like shedding off this dirtiness, this filth from outside. And, it's, and, and James is writing in the same way, our evil, the filth of this world is to be stripped off of us in this way to remove it from our lives in preparation for accepting the word. And then, and then James writes, then after that, we humbly accept. So this is the receiving part. We must first listen, and we do these things, you know, we're, qu- we're quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, removing the filth. And then this is the active part, the active part of receiving. So then there's acceptance, or non-acceptance, which I tried to use the word unacceptance, and Google told me that wasn't a word. Um, so whichever one you want to use this morning, there's either accepting it or not accepting it when he gives truth, when we read his word. The reception, the true reception of truth must be marked by humility. This is not to be construed as spineless weakness. Instead, it is the quality of a strong person that makes themselves docile and submissive rather than prideful and rebellious. Only in this spirit can we fully receive God's truth. Humbly accept the word planted in you. James is not calling for an initial acceptance of the word here, but for a full appropriation of the truth as the Christian grows in spiritual understanding. The implanted word of God and the external word of God are so united that we live by having it already implanted in us by him and we live by receiving it every day. It is at work in us, as Paul writes many times, and the work it does in us, it makes us want to receive it more. Receiving the external word replenishes the power of the implanted word in us. And the implanted word creates the hunger to receive the external word. So it's this beautiful picture of this almost like recycling, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. But in this sense of the word he has put on us creates this hunger to receive the word every day. And this hunger, this receiving the word every day replenishes the power of the word that he's put in us. And it's this cycle that we must continue in. So our first step is to listen and receive his word. Quick to listen, slow to speak in anger, rid ourselves of all filth, and humbly accept and receive his word. So we did step one. That's how we prepare. That's how we get ready to listen and receive, and we do that. Now what? Okay, I've listened and received it. We read the first eight verses. Now what do I do with it? Perfect. Step two, do. That's the title of it. It's very practical, right? Do. Do what his word says. So we're going to look particularly at verses 22 through 27 to get that. Um, In verse 22, James writes, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. He says, do what it says. Listening must be followed by obedience and doing. Or we're only fooling ourselves. If you're married in the room, I'm going to speak to the husbands right now. You can listen to your wife all day telling you to take out the trash, can't you? 
But if you never respond and actually do it, actually take the bag out and take it outside, do you think you've accomplished what she has asked? I can tell you from firsthand experience, you have not. Um, you have not listened, and, and she will tell you that, because I am really bad about that. Um, a true and active and good listener responds in action. You hear them say, hey, the trash is full. Or if you're better than me, you notice it before they say something. But then they say it, you say, okay, okay. That means you respond in action. You get up, take the trash out. Or I promise you by the end of the day, there's a conversation you're going to have. And it's not a fun one. Um, but a good and true listener, listening must be followed by obedience and doing. A true, active, and good listener responds in action. So let's respond in action today as we receive this truth. And James gives us a good image and illustration for us to understand it better. Um, in verses 23 through 24, he, I'll just read it again so we'll be familiar. It says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. He's saying this, he said, you listen, but you don't act on it. You study yourself in the mirror, you come to it, you study yourself, but as soon as you walk away, you immediately forget what you look like. Because you only came to look. Who can go to a mirror, I don't know, who can look into a mirror and not do something? Like you can't look, you can look into a mirror and not like pop a, a pimple, like come on, like or, or like pluck a like rogue, my beard hairs grow like up to my eyes. Um, if, if you have a beard in the room, Autumn calls me dog boy when I, when I haven't shaved in a while. So like who can look in a mirror and like not do something about it? Maybe you can, like I, maybe I'm a little jealous of you, but like sometimes you look and you're like, oh God, there's so much I would fix. Um, the term James uses here for observing his natural face when he writes it. Um, the Greek word can be translated to observing and having this idea of careful scrutiny. So like they're not just quickly glancing at it and being like, okay, I'm done. No, like he's saying coming and observing carefully. By application, James had in mind people who give a careful scrutiny of God's word. They may be regarded as Bible experts, but it still doesn't result in any doing. We can know all the scriptures, we can quote them, we can turn the Bible pages the fastest, which the church I grew up in had this thing called Bible drill, and they put kids through it, and they teach you how to turn to books of the Bible the fastest, um, and I was horrible at it. But you could do that, you could turn the fastest. I could say, turn to Galatians 1, 3, and you'd be, boom, got it. You could turn there the fastest, you could quote scripture better than anyone else, but unless we are responding and living those scriptures that you can turn to so fastly, we are only fooling ourselves. You can quote a hundred scriptures, but if you're not living out what they say, you're like the man who looks in the mirror and forgets what you look like. And then he says in verse 25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James says, the one who looks in the mirror intently and continues in it, they act upon it. 
They study God's word deeply. They respond to its truth and action, not forgetting or just quoting or turning to it fast, but they respond, will be blessed. I don't want to define blessing here because a lot of time that term gets misconstrued in churches. Um, The term blessing does not mean good things happen to you. Um, That is what the world defines as blessing. But God's blessing is that we live and abide and respond in his word and truth. That is blessing. That I would live Jesus daily. That I would walk in his calling and in his word every day. It is prosperous and a blessing to live out his word obediently. Spurgeon comments on the scripture and says, The glass of the word is not like an ordinary looking glass, which merely shows us in external features. But according to the Greek of our text, the man sees in it the face of his birth. That is the face of his nature. He that reads and hears the word may see not only his actions here, but his motives, his desires, and his inward condition. So I like to think of it as a healthy person. You go to a mirror with intent. You go to a mirror. When you start the morning, you're like, okay, I go to the mirror, I brush my teeth. You fix your hair, maybe. Maybe you don't have to fix it a whole lot, but you know, you're doing something. You're, you're putting deodorant on. You're shaving real quick. You're putting makeup on. You're doing whatever, whatever you need to do to start the day, not just to admire the image of your face. Maybe you do that. I don't really do that. Um, even so, a healthy Christian looks into God's word to do something about it, not just store up facts that he will put to use by Not just storing up facts, but he will put them to use by being a doer of the word. And I started thinking about it this way. You know when you go to a hotel and they have those fancy mirrors that pull off the wall in the bathroom? They're round. Maybe you have one of them at your home. Um, They have a light on them usually. But you look into them and you see every horrible thing about your face. Um, Like it, it zooms. It's like triple zoom. And you can see every pore. You can see every nasty, weird thing about your skin. And I don't understand why people own them because then you just have to do something about it. Um, And you hate everything that you see in it. Um, But you can't, like, I can't go to a hotel and look at those and and not do something. So I usually, like, cover them up. I'll put the the hand towel over them Um, because that's what you can do. You can ignore it in that way. Um, But in the same way, I think of that mirror, that, like, triple zoom lighted mirror is us looking into, as James calls, his perfect word. We see all the filth and the evil and the oil on our skin to rid ourselves of. He gives us this mirror to look into and the spirit to empower us to do something about it. We can ignore it if we choose. We can, we can put the, the hand towel over it so we don't look at ourselves and be like, I'm on vacation, okay? Um, I'm eating lots of junk food and cheese. My skin's oily. Um, So we can choose to ignore it. But he calls us to act upon it. He calls us as believers who have put our faith in Christ to act, to be a doer of his word. We must look at his word like this mirror, listening and receiving and letting it call us to action and response. Do not ignore it because it seems like too much work. It is a blessing to act and live out his word, I promise you. 
We have a bonus sermon mixed in here real quick because I couldn't just ignore the words it uses here. So we're going to take a sidestep real quick, talk about this. Um, James describes the law as perfect and characterized by freedom here. And you might say, it's very weird they would use the term law, perfect, and freedom together because a lot of times those don't go together. I'm going to want to unpack that a little bit. So James is not referencing or only talking about the Old Testament law. Um, nearly, uh, neither is the Mosaic law perverted to become a listic. Uh, it's not the Mosaic law either, which um, can be perverted to become a legalistic system for earning salvation by good works. Um, when James calls it the perfect law, he has in mind the sum um, total of God's revealed truth. Not merely the preliminary portion found in the Old Testament, but also the final revelation made through Christ and his apostles that will soon be written in the New Testament. Therefore, it is complete in contrast to which was preliminary and preparatory for us. It is the law of liberty by which James means that it does not enslave us. It is not enforced by external compulsion. Um, instead, we read in Galatians 5, it says, Instead, it is freely accepted and fulfilled with glad and devotion under the enablement of the Spirit of God, which Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So the Spirit gives us these fruit as we respond in faith. So it is the perfect and complete law. So I have that. Okay, I understand that. I need to do something. I can't just look at myself or ignore it. How do I respond this morning? What am I to do? And I think James knew that, that people would ask that question. So he wrote the last two verses here, verses 26 and 27, how to be a doer of the word, very practically right here. Um, verse 26, James says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. We can understand the word religious that James is using here is describing a person who performs the external acts of religion, such as public worship, um, fasting, maybe giving to the needy, those kind of things. Um, but their uncontrolled tongue reveals that their religion is actually worthless. It's merely an external sham. Such a person has been playing the part of one who is religious. And maybe they convince themselves that they're religious but in doing so, James says, you, de you deceive yourself. So if that's fake, if we can understand that, if everything we do is just an outward show, but it hasn't really changed our heart and we aren't responding in truth, what's real? James says in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So pure and faultless faith is this, to care for those in desperate need, to be a people of unending love and grace, and to remain unpolluted by the world, which all of these we do by resting and abiding in his word. The first step of listening and receiving his word is what the rest of this flows out of, and we cannot do these steps if we have not started with that first step. Our religion and our faith should be more than external. 
It must spring from an inner spiritual reality that expresses itself in love to others and holiness before God. I read an example. You guys know I love uh, the old guy, John Piper. You know, lots of wisdom there. Um, He gives me lots of examples that he's so creative. Why would I try to be creative when he is? Um, No, he comments on James 1.27. He says, notice the two kinds of effects that pure religion or faith in Christ has. Practical compassion towards orphans and widows and personal purity of life. He says, this is important to see because so many Christians fall off the horse on one side or the other. Some fall off by saying what matters is personal purity, sexual purity, financial integrity, a clean thought, a clean and thoughtful life, and so on. But they are weak and practical deeds of compassion for the poor and the helpless. And then some people fall off the horse on the other side by saying what matters is social justice and compassion and helping people. But they say what you do with your mind and your body and your private personal life doesn't matter. The person whose religious experience is genuine will put spiritual truth into practice and their life will be marked by love for others and a holiness before God. So we're not on one side saying this one's more important than this one. No, no, no. We must start by listening and receiving. Then we live in personal purity and live out the acts that he has called us to, the helping of the desperate and the needy in the world. Because if you read what Jesus did, that's who he spent time with. And you and I are so quick, so quick to walk by people like that on the street. I am just like you. I promise I struggle there. I often rush by the helpless and the needy because I'm on the way to eat dinner with my friends. Or I'm on the way to get home and be in my apartment with my family. Or invite my friends over to. Or just get home from a long day at work and, you know, I just need to just be, ah, just rest. And yet we see in Scripture Jesus is continually on the way to somewhere, but the entire time just being disrupted by the helpless and the needy. And he doesn't say, oh, I'm just trying to get home. I'm just trying to get to this wedding. I really got to be there. He stops and he lives out the word that he preaches. And it's taking care of the helpless and the needy. And I tell you, church, we have that. And not only in our community, we have people in our church and who need help spiritually, who need help financially. There are people who need help physically. Can we start as a church there by practically living out God's word and responding in faith and saying, I want to do something. I'm so quick. I'm so bad about this, about trying to get to my destination that I miss everything along the way. And the practicality of these two steps of listening and receiving and doing is there's so much grace and freedom in the middle of I don't have to arrive at a point. I listen and receive every morning and then I go out and I do and nothing gets in the way of that because all of it is doing. I respond to his word. So church, as we, as we reach kind of a closing this morning, how will you respond This is a continual action, like I just said. We must constantly come back to this place. I came back to it this week and was struggling with it. 
Receiving his word must be a daily occurrence. Because how are we to respond to his word if I simply do not know it and am not in it every day? Today I challenge myself and I challenge you in the room to be quiet, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I challenge you to listen and receive his word this morning and every morning. And through that, that it would call you to respond and throw off the evil and filth of the week. The places where I mess up, I come back and I re- I'm, I'm responding to his word and I'm, I'm pulling off these dirty clothes. And I'm saying, God, I'm coming back. I'm receiving your word this morning. I'm taking them off. I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to be in this dirty shirt. It stinks. It smells like onions. I don't want to be in that. I want to rest in your word, your perfect word. I challenge you, respond to his word this morning. I want to end with this thought. I read it this week, and it really spoke to me. It was common in the ancient world for people to hear a teacher. If you followed the teacher and tried to live what he said, you were called a disciple of the teacher. We may say that Jesus is looking for disciples, doers, not merely hearers of what he teaches. Let me pray. God, we thank you for that truth this morning. That it can seem sometimes overwhelming. It's like, I got so much to do. I've got to improve so much more. And and that's not the truth you've given us. The truth is that you empower us to do it once we come and simply rest at your feet and be quiet. God, I come this morning and I quiet my soul. God, I sit before you. I prepare myself to listen. God, I pray that us in the room were slow to speak and slow to anger this morning. That I'm not going to try to prove my own way with you. That I'm just going to sit, repent, and receive your word. And that, God, it would call me to action. That I cannot walk out of this room and not respond by doing. That I can't look in the mirror and walk away. That I must do something. I must live out your word. God, call me to action this morning. Call us to action in this room to take care of the helpless and the needy and to be a people of love and grace unending. God, challenge us with this word this morning. God, we ask all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon from Renaissance Church. If you have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more, please feel free to contact us by email at renaissance.mtl at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media. It's our passion to love Jesus, love each other, and love our world.